It's Monday, June 17th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, Iran announced it's setting a timer on ramping up its uranium production. We'll connect the dots on what that can mean for the Iran nuclear deal and what the EU is saying about it. Then, the Supreme Court dropped some major decisions today. We'll give you the details. And finally, we remember the legend that was Gloria Vanderbilt. We're here to make your Monday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Wayfair Registry. It's the fastest growing wedding registry for a reason. We love it. We think you will too. The most complicated story today is about the Iran nuclear deal and how Iran says it's about to break part of the pact it signed in 2015 by enriching uranium. We talked about Iran on Friday, and we've been watching the situation in the region closely. Iran's been kind of a rogue player in the Middle East for years, and many countries have been concerned about what Iran would do if it ever created a nuclear weapon. The U.S., the European Union, and the U.N. imposed economic sanctions on Iran to make it harder for it to do that. After a few years of negotiating in 2015, Iran and those major players came to an agreement. They'd lift sanctions on Iran. In exchange, Iran agreed to limit the uranium it produced. For the past few years, the independent agency in charge of keeping an eye on Iran had said everything was going smoothly. But last year, President Trump announced the U.S. was withdrawing from the deal, and he reimposed sanctions on Iran, which hurt Iran's economy. Even though the U.S. bailed, Europe stayed in the deal, and a bunch of countries kept buying Iran's oil until the U.S. said it's either them or us. This game of chicken has gotten pretty serious pretty fast. Last month, Iran turned the pressure up on Europe, saying, if they don't help us within 60 days, we're leaving the nuclear deal too. And today, Iran upped the ante, giving them 10 days to figure this out. So now Europe's kind of in a bind. Today, we're going to get into what this exactly means and what the EU wants to do about it. So first, what does the statement about enriching uranium mean? Uranium fuels everything from power plants to nuclear weapons. Enriching it basically means separating out the heavier types of uranium from the lighter, more volatile stuff. That can happen in a couple of ways, but most often it's in a machine called a centrifuge. It spins uranium gas around until the light U-235 separates from the heavy. That takes a lot of energy and time. Okay, so that was your science lesson for today. Now, there are two basic kinds of enrichment, low enriched and high enriched uranium. You can think of it like the difference between whiskey and a high proof alcohol like Everclear. Low enriched uranium is between three to 4% and they use it for power plants. High enriched uranium, up to 90%, is for stronger things like nuclear weapons. But like we said, making that is really hard to do. So as part of the original deal, Iran agreed to only enrich uranium up to 3.67%, within that low range. It also promised not to keep much enriched uranium on hand, only 300 kilograms at a time. That's about 660 pounds. Now, Iran says it's about to go above that 300 kilogram limit. And when it does, it'll bump up its enrichment from the 3.67% up to 3.7%. Not a huge change, 
But Iran's Atomic Energy Organization also says it may start boosting some production so that uranium is enriched up to 20%. Again, not weapons-grade level, but it would reduce the time it would take Iran to get to that high-enriched stage. Iran says they'll back down on these threats if, and here's the catch, Europe helps Iran out. Like we said, the Iran nuclear deal was good news for Iran. The country had suffered a lot under sanctions. Lifting those gave its economy a chance to recover, and it allowed international businesses like Airbus and Boeing to do business there. The U.S. pulling out of the deal last year flipped that switch. A bunch of businesses left out of fear they'd otherwise upset the U.S. or face sanctions themselves. And Iran's economy has been taking the hit. The European signers of the Iran nuclear deal, the UK, France, and Germany, stayed in the deal. They've tried to come up with a mechanism for businesses to still do work in Iran without upsetting the US. But that's been taking a long time. Iran's getting antsy and losing money. Now Europe's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Either they back up their very important ally across the Atlantic or help Iran so that it sticks to the nuclear deal. Even though the country has a history of being a bad actor and of funding terrorism throughout the Middle East. The whole point was to keep them in the conversation so they didn't go nuclear in a real way and become even more dangerous. And Europeans have been keeping a careful eye on the Trump administration's latest fight with Iran. The US is blaming Iran for two oil tanker attacks last week in the Gulf of Oman, through which a fifth of the world's oil travels. Germany's foreign minister, Heiko Maas, met with Iran's president last week to get them to stay in the deal. After a meeting with other EU foreign ministers today, he called the situation extremely explosive. Moss basically said, it's not enough that everyone says they don't want war. They have to prove it. That means that everyone has to take active steps towards de-escalation. So what's the skim? U.S. sanctions against Iran are hurting them in the wallet. And now Iran is threatening to pull out a part of the Iran nuclear deal unless Europe helps them out. Today, Iran's president reportedly told France's new ambassador to Iran that there's still time to fix things and save the Iran nuclear deal. But the European signees are already discussing backup plans. The UK has said it will look at all options if Iran breaches the agreement. And the EU's foreign policy chief says they really hope Iran doesn't back out now. Meanwhile, back in the U.S., the Supreme Court said, we've made a decision. Four decisions, actually. And two of them are really big ones. That's next. It's wedding season. And if you're thinking about where to register, we recommend Wayfair. They have everything from traditional kitchen items to furniture. Plus, they offer free shipping and returns for you and your guests. Yes, even for the big stuff. Right now, Wayfair Registry is offering Skim This listeners $50 in Wayfair rewards when you create a registry. Just use promo code SKIM50 at Wayfair.com slash SKIM50. That's Wayfair.com slash SKIM50. The Supreme Court started laying down the law today. They released four decisions from the bench, including two big ones, double jeopardy and racial gerrymandering. So we're going to break those two down for you. This double jeopardy isn't a game show round. It's the law that says a person can't be charged for the same crime twice. But there's an exception to that law. It says that a person can be charged for the same crime twice if one charge is coming from the state and the other from the federal government. 
In a 7-2 ruling, the Supremes voted to leave that exception in place. This ruling is getting attention because it could spell trouble for people convicted in the Russia investigation. Everyone's looking at President Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, who was convicted last year on federal bank fraud, tax fraud, and conspiracy charges. He's serving seven and a half years in a federal prison right now, but the state of New York has also prepared charges against him. This decision just confirms their power to do that, which will be especially important if President Trump decides to pardon Manafort. Big case number two is about gerrymandering, specifically racial gerrymandering. That's when a voting district is drawn in a way to dilute the voice of minority voters. And the state of Virginia was in the hot seat. After the 2010 census, Virginia redrew the House of Delegates legislative districts. But some Democratic voters challenged 11 of those new districts. They argued that a big portion of the state's Black voters had been packed into just those 11 districts. And that unfairly diminished their voting power. A lower court told Virginia to redraw its maps in time for state elections this year. But the Virginia House of Delegates, which is controlled by Republicans, appealed up to the Supreme Court. Today, they ruled 5-4 to four against the House of Delegates. This is being seen as a major win for Democrats. So that was the big gerrymandering case today. But there are still two more to come. They're about partisan gerrymandering. One in North Carolina and one in Maryland. North Carolina is accused of drawing districts to hurt Democrats. Maryland is accused of the opposite, gerrymandering against Republicans. We could be hearing the results of those two cases sometime in the next week or so. We're still waiting on another big decision from the Supreme Court about the census. The justices are going to decide whether people can be asked about their citizenship status on the census. The skim talked to Senator Cory Booker about it. He's running for president. He said the question was politically motivated. Because the census is tied towards, you know, everything from infrastructure funding to health care to so many important things. Is their attempt to punish certain communities, uh, certain cities, certain areas of our country by undercounting them. Data from the U.S. Census Bureau shows that asking about citizenship might keep about 6.5 million people from filling out the questionnaire. For more interviews with 2020 candidates, check out The Skim's YouTube channel. Before we go today, we'd like to take time to remember the late Gloria Vanderbilt. She died today at age 95. Vanderbilt was the great-great-granddaughter of a business tycoon and inherited a fortune as an infant. In the 30s, she became known as the poor little rich girl, whose mom and aunt were fighting over her for custody. But Vanderbilt also built her own fashion empire. She was one of the icons of designer denim and grew her company into a $100 million a year business. She did a lot. She was an artist, wrote a bunch of books, including an erotic novel at the ripe age of 85. And famously, she was CNN anchor Anderson Cooper's mom. He gave his own obituary for her today on CNN. Gloria Vanderbilt was 95 years old when she died. What an extraordinary life. What an extraordinary mom. And what an incredible woman. If you have the chance, watch the whole thing. It's really worth it. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening and don't forget to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. 
For more Skim, sign up for our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim, at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 